every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for a little What's Going On here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, where we check in with the other shows on The Zone Sports Network. Are you prepared, Gordon? I am prepared. I'm prepared as well. Brace yourself because we're going to start with DJ and Peacock. Okay. And uh, they, they, uh, they're they talking about jazz fans' suddenly complicated relationship with the Lakers. So how many of jazz fans do you think were rooting for the Lakers in that game because they were worried about the Laker matchup? And how many were just focused on the Suns thinking, sweet, two-game lead with four to go. We'll take it. Got room for a mulligan down the stretch now. And if the, you didn't say it, but you kind of alluded to it earlier, if the Suns stumble one more time, then the Jazz get two mulligans down the stretch. Yeah, I don't think very many Jazz fans are all that worried about the Suns. And if they were yesterday at this time, they're certainly a lot less worried about them this morning at this time because they didn't look like a good team at all. And they had all their guys. Crowder was back. Sarge has been in out of the lineup. He was back. I don't think they played Camp Johnson. If he's a difference maker, then uh, I would be surprised. But other than that, I think they had most of their guys and Lakers without a bunch of guys. And so the Suns, it was one of their worst losses that they've had. And I haven't watched the Suns play all the time. But that wasn't good. I mean, they were they were smoked right from the start. And at, at no point in the fourth quarter was I worried that the Suns were going to come back. Uh, they had a little streak, but this is the NBA. If you if you don't go on an eight nothing streak in the NBA, something's wrong with you. <laughs> so I mean that's no big deal. But they just were really never in the ball game. I know the announcers try to build it up to to keep you involved. So it's all about ratings. It's entertainment. Never lose sight of that. So you know unless you're getting the the hometown announcers but if you get national guys they're going to try to pump it up to keep you invested into watching it cuz they're looking interested in their pockets and so you could try to make the game competitive and that's their job to to keep you tuned in so you don't go to bed or change the channel or what have you but i never really felt that the the lakers were in danger of losing that game from the pretty much the halftime on so that was a bad game for the Suns. So I don't think I don't really think most Jazz fans fear the Suns, even though they've gone three and zero against the Jazz. I just don't think that they think that that's real. I think it's all about the Lakers, man. We're 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 nervous about them, and the last thing we want to do because what would what would make this season a complete and total disaster is losing in the first round. Yeah, Donovan threw that gauntlet down before things even started. And so to have all these regular season wins piled up and then check out in the first round, that would be brutal. Well, it's only happened twice, right, where the number one seed is lost to the eight seed. Uh, I probably, yeah. I can't recall, but I'll go with it. I mean, I, know, I remember the Sonics losing to the Nuggets, obviously, and I, the Mavericks were one seed and lost. I don't and know if somebody it. else has. Is that it? That is it? Okay. In the West, anyway, I don't really care about the East. So you would go down in infamy. Particularly in a seven-game series, no less. I mean, now those other ones, I'd have to see if were they three out of five, which obviously your margin of error is much smaller in a three out of five. You lost a four out of seven, 
and you've been fighting for respect all season, and I don't care that it's the Lakers. I don't care who it would be. If you lost the first-round series, that would be an absolute disaster. And then they couldn't spin it by point differential and all these other ways they try to spin negative into positive. No. <laughs> you would have had the best record in the league, and you went out in the first round. You would you have to work overtime to spin that for me. The Warriors uh, was a best-of-seven series. Great. Then you would be right there You'd with them. You'd be right there. Yep. Congratulations. You got company <laughs> in your suckitude. I think a lot of Jazz fans are petrified of the Lakers, and they want them out of that potential 7-8. and eight. Because if they get 7 but lose and then win again, they would be the 8th seed yep. if Jazz finish 1. So I don't think it's necessarily about the Suns losing. I think it's more about being scaredy cats when it comes to playing the Lakers. Well, that's definitely a scenario out there. I think if the Lakers are in that 7-8 game, they will put all their powers on winning ASAP and I get that you know they could play a good game and still lose because Steph Curry could go for 50 uh, but I think if they get in that game they'll win it but you're right you don't you're playing with your fire chances, there man. is there is a chance I certainly <laughs> I can't debate Lakers. that there is a so chance. it's not a scenario it's the scenario <laughs> now you're getting the cold sweats you're the one seed. Congrats. You get LeBron and AD in the first round. And they're Somehow healthy. Somehow playing the Lakers later and losing to them later is better than losing to them earlier. I get that. I think there's an argument to be made that playing the Lakers earlier would be better because they'd still be trying to reestablish whatever rhythm they've lost because they've had guys sitting for so long. As would you. So, yes, it's true. That washes out. Or you can hope they go to the other side of the bracket and somebody else beats them and you never have to deal with them. But, man, if somebody else beats them, isn't somebody else playing at a high level? Can't we just chase this around and around? This is chicken and the egg type stuff. If you're weak-minded, that's what you would do. Yep. Or you could just buckle up, as Bowler would say, and go out there and win 16 playoff games, which isn't going to be easy no matter who you're playing. It's what your level of faithfulness and belief is in this team. If you wanted the Lakers to win so you didn't face them in the first round, you don't really believe in a Jazz. If you wanted the Lakers to win so the Suns would lose, I can accept that a little bit better. But if you're worried about the Lakers, you really don't have a lot of faith in this team. All right, there you go. DJ and a PK. You know, you could say that, well, I'll just go out and win the games. But you can't tell me that situation and matchups and that sort of thing don't matter. Yeah, they do matter, but uh, you can't be afraid of a team, especially with the way the Lakers have played, you know? I, I don't know whether LeBron just automatically comes uh, becomes the LeBron of past years. It, it could. I imagine that's the most formidable uh, opponent that the Jazz could face uh, in that scenario, but I just don't believe in running from people. Yeah, but you're likely more likely to go further depending on who you match up against and win. But I thought those guys brought up, uh, both DJ and PK brought up a, a, a good point in that it'd be better to play the Lakers earlier than it would be later. Now, that, now that's an interesting conversation because now you're getting into, well— what uh, is the status of LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Yeah, right. And 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 that's then, that's that's the central. And then issue. we're getting at you know fortuitous matchups. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but if they're on the other side of the bracket, you don't even have to worry about them. If I so, what would you do if you were the Jazz? If you knew the Lakers were going to end up at eight, and there's no way of knowing that, 
you know, if 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 that's what it was going to be, would you would you want not to finish first? Maybe. The the advantage to some of the opponents uh, in the first round for the Jazz, I want to. I'd want a team that doesn't play any defense. And the Lakers are capable of playing defense. Yeah, they are. They are capable. So, I mean, if you're talking about a fortuitous matchup in the first round, I'd much rather play Memphis, I, per se, I, because I, they're I not going to guard anybody. I get it. I just don't like that line of thinking. That's all. I mean, take all comers, man. Bring them on. Well, the Jazz aren't going to forfeit the series. Well, I know. I know. But don't be all worried about all positioning and all that. You've got no control over that anyway, so don't be running from people. Well, if they could manipulate uh, the situation to get themselves a better matchup, then I, I would consider doing that. But that's a moot point here because you have no idea because of the play-in right. tournament who right. you're going to be playing. Which is actually one of the benefits of the whole thing, now, which I like. And you can think about who you get in the second and third round, too. I mean, if you're the top seed, you're thinking you're going to have the advantage and win your, your first round. And if you're looking at the second round, I'd, I'd much rather have – uh, a Nuggets or Mavericks team in the second round because neither of those teams play defense either, as opposed to the Clippers or or Lakers or Suns. I just, I just don't play that game, Jay. Why not? Because what? Just play whoever's next on in line. You're not playing. We're just observing. I, Nobody's I, attacking your uh, no, your that. courage. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm we're talking my, about what would be the better. No, I'm putting myself in the position of the Jazz. Well, I don't think that you'd hear anybody on the Jazz having this conversation, even though they, they certainly think it. Oh, did we not see the Jazz maybe maneuver a little bit last year? They 100% did. How much have they talked about that publicly? No, no not at all. Not that I know of. In fact, wouldn't they be grumpy with us for even alluding to that, even though we're not blind and it <laughs> happened? And it should have happened, by the way. They should have wanted the Nuggets in the first round last year. How'd that work out? I still think they're the better team. Than the Nuggets? Yes. Last year? Correct. The Nuggets were wildly favored in that series. I, I don't care. Okay. I, I don't agree often with the magic predicting <laughs> wizard in Vegas. His opinion matters not to me. I just, in the mind of a, of a champion, man... Don't worry about who you're playing. Just get ready to play. Yeah, but Jazz fans want to see their team go as far as possible. They don't care about that. I know. I was speaking more from a Jazz perspective. Well, you're not on the team. <laughs> you're going to start saying we now? Uh, no. You're no. going to start saying we got to give it our best tonight to beat the Warriors? <laughs> is, that, is that what's coming go next? Go Lobos! Oh, yeah. You no. only say that about New Mexico. No, I, I no, forgot. I don't. The, no, you, I don't. You are mighty, mighty Lobos. No. Never liked the Lobos. <laughs> you love the Lobos. When did I like the Lobos? When you picked them to beat Jimmer Fredette every single time they played. I did not. That's I, where that all that came I, from. Oh, it had nothing to do with liking the Lobos. I thought they were really a pretty talented team. And I was down there covering that game when Jimmer got beat by them. You had your face painted, one of those big <laughs> fingers. You and Snake went out for beers did afterwards. I did not, never. <laughs> Just picturing Gordon going out for beers with Snake. Makes <laughs> uh, brings, a, brings a smile to my face. He's still there. I'm really? pretty sure. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. Talk to uh, Tim Lacombe about him. Tim knows him a little bit. Oh, does he? From all those years uh, going down there. Uh, yeah, he's had some interesting uh, substance uh, issues. Well, the Jazz have home court advantage, or you know, if they finish first, they'll have it all the way through, and uh, have confidence in who you are.
Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. It's the final week of the regular season for the first place Utah Jazz. Uh, Jazz forward Boyan Bogdanovich named Western Conference Player of the Week today. For Monday, May 3rd through Sunday, May 9th. Uh, the Jazz will be back at it tonight. They're in San Francisco taking on the Warriors. Here's Coach Quinn Snyder talking about everybody needing some rest at the end of the year. Fatigue is real, but again, it's it's the nature of this season. And, you know, we'll do as good a job as we can trying to get rest and, you know, take opportunities when, when we can. I, like I said, I think it's also emotional and mental. Man, when you get fatigued, you fight all that stuff. So good opportunity for us to you know, get the back-to-backs behind us right now. And we also will have a good chance to, I think, recuperate before, you know, we get into the playoffs. You know, we've qualified and all that, as everyone knows. So the way the playoff format is at this year, we also have a chance to hopefully get fresh. No Donovan Mitchell, no Mike Conley for the Jazz tonight against the Warriors. Tip-off time coming your way at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. Your bottom-of-the-hour Jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's continue on with what's going on. We didn't have a chance to get the Hanson Scotty clip, and they uh, uh, talked a little Warriors. Uh, the Jazz take on the Warriors tonight, 8 o'clock tip time for you. They had uh, Kendra Andrews on. She uh, covers the Warriors for a television station there in San Francisco. Let's hear a little bit about that combo. Are the Warriors playing their best basketball of the season right now? <laughs> it's, it's quite a possibility. Just because the season has been so up and down for them, and over the past couple weeks, they've finally been able to start putting together some consistent basketball. And of course, it helps when Steph Curry has been playing at the level he has for the last month. I want to talk about uh, the significance now of Golden State moving into the eighth spot. Um, what what is it exactly that they've put together that is working since being down in the ten? Well, I think one of the most important things for them is when I, I, I said consistency before, and one of the biggest issues the Warriors have faced that has also affected a lot of other teams is just they've never been able to have a consistent roster, consistent rotation because of health and safety protocols, because of injuries. Their bench has, has been very up and down. And finally, they have a group of guys who have now 
been playing as a unit for a long stretch of time. They figured out how to complement each other. And that's really turned things around for Golden State. It is no longer just on the starters, just on Steph Curry and Draymond Green to win the entire game. But the bench has been able to come in in the, you know, in the late first quarter, early second, late third, early fourth, and if not maintain what the or the starters, excuse me, handed over to them, but maybe build on it. And I think that's been one of the biggest differences. The play of Steph Curry is, is he just realizing he's got to have this kind of production if they're going to win? Uh, because, you know, some guys will, 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 will fire it up because they know that they need to, or maybe they just like padding their stats a little bit. Is this just, hey, if we're going to win, this is the way I have to play? I think it is. You know, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day. Steph Curry has never had as much responsibility as he's had this year. And that's not to say that he's never played at a great level before, because of course we know that he has. But back in those days, you know, he still had Clay Thompson. He had Kevin Durant. He had guys where if he had an off night, there was someone that the Warriors could count on to pick up his slack. And that's just not the case this season with the roster that they have. So Steph Curry knows if we want a shot, I need to be at my best every single night and then just hope that when I'm on the bench, those other guys can just, you know, keep us in it. The Warriors have been able to do that over the past couple games and actually have made it so Steph Curry can sit in the fourth quarter. Their game against the Thunder the other night, he didn't play a fourth quarter minute and that was so important to this team heading into the back-to-back against Utah and Phoenix. Um, but yes, you know, Steph Curry has definitely had to take on an even bigger leadership role and scoring role. And it's actually quite impressive how he's been able to adapt to that. And I don't think people give him enough credit for that because we've always seen him as such a prolific scorer. I've talked about this for a few weeks now with the potential of the Utah Jazz matching up with Golden State in the first round of the mm-hmm. playoffs. And I, I want to get your thoughts on on the way this team is constructed, this Golden State team is constructed. Do you feel like the sky is the limit for them, or do you feel like they have a limit and it might just be a quick first-round exit for them? You know, I don't I don't know if I'd say the sky is the limit because there are some big holes that the Warriors have. One of them is size. They've been playing with just one true center in Kavon Looney, and then Draymond Green has been playing the small ball five. And when you look at some of these teams, particularly in the Western Conference, I just don't think that lack of size the Warriors have will cut it against these bigger guys. I, I, I think for them, the goal needs to be at least make it competitive in the first round. And if they get eliminated, eliminated in six games, seven games, they can look back at this season and say, you know what, that's a success because of all the injuries, because we lost James Wiseman, because we didn't have Clay Thompson, because so many guys were in and out of protocols. If they can just get in that first round and make it competitive, they, they don't have to panic and, and start saying, oh, my gosh, what do we need to do? We're, we've completely lost it. So we've heard uh, the Lakers complain about the play-in. Uh, when Dallas was in that position, Luka and Mark Cuban, although now they're up a little further, we don't hear them complain anymore. Uh, but uh, what's the Golden State Warriors' thoughts on, on this situation? Well, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe about a month ago or something, uh, Draymond Green said the the play-in tournament doesn't motivate me. You know, I don't look at the play-in tournament and say, oh, my God, that's, that's it, right? Like, that is what we're gunning for. Just because he and, you know, very few other members of this 
of this team have tasted victory at the highest level possible winning those championships. So from that perspective, it makes sense. And at the same time, the Warriors understand, hey, we want a shot at the playoffs. We, like I just said, we tasted victory at the, at the highest level. If that's how we're going to get there, then let's do it. You know, the Warriors have said time and time again, we're not a team people want to face in the play-in because if Steph Curry goes for 50, if Draymond Green dishes out 13 assists and adds 15 points, if these guys can get going, you know, they have beaten some of the top teams in the league. They beat the Nuggets twice. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Bucks. They can be good. And, again, does that mean they'll win a series? Maybe not, but they can definitely put together one really strong game. So the Warriors are embracing it. I think most teams, kind of like the Dallas Mavericks that you said, when, when they're in a position that they didn't think they were going to be in, like the Lakers, who were favorites to, to you know, at least have a shot at a repeat title, yeah, they don't want it because if they face the Warriors on a really hot night, then they're eliminated. But other, for other teams where they wouldn't have a chance in the playoffs if it weren't for this playing tournament, they're going to embrace it. All right, there you go. Talking about a little bit about the Golden State Warriors. Interesting, uh, she talked about Steph Curry and uh, not going it alone and those sorts of things. That he's absolutely going it alone. Have you <laughs> seen? Have you looked at this roster? <laughs> she, yeah, but she pointed out the other day he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Well, that's because he scored like fifty points in twenty-five <laughs> minutes or something. Uh, something nuts. Um, I, I think if, if you're the Jazz and you're looking at who you might possibly match up with in the playoffs, Golden State certainly doesn't scare me. Uh, I got new. She said that it would be seen as a successful season if the Warriors in the first round w- made it to Game 6 or Game 7. If they play the Jazz, they ain't making it to Game 6 or Game 7. I don't, I don't think so either. And Steph's amazing. But, I mean, I mean Andrew Wiggins is okay. Draymond Green has turned into a completely one-sided player. Where his defense is still adequate, but I mean his offensive production is dreadful. He can still pass the ball, but it's not like he's a viable number two. Yeah. I I like Kevon Looney. He's a fine player, but is he I mean, you're just looking at guys like Jordan Poole who are gonna have to really contribute to get them even to that level. I just or Kent Bazemore. I mean, it's just not a very good roster. I don't think so. However, maybe you know, watch him. Play really well tonight. Yeah, maybe, and maybe Steph goes uh, in fuego and they win a game. I mean, they've they've won a few this year, but I, I it's just not a it's just not a really great team. You know, I guess I could see I could see maybe a six game series. Maybe that's not what I would predict, but I could maybe see it. But and, and she's right because there are other players on that roster. Obviously, Clay Thompson's going to come back, and if he can if he can play, if he can be Clay again. Well, you you forget that those uh, teams before Kevin Durant, uh, you know, with uh, Draymond, Steph, and Clay, the rest of the team was really good too. Yeah, like there were some really good players that contributed greatly. Yeah, I mean, you know, think of I know it's toward the end of his career, Andre Iguodala. There's not yeah. a player on this roster that even comes close to being as good as he was at that oh, he point. Was, Sean he, Livingston. He was, he was Sean MV- Livingston. He was the MVP in the in the final yeah. series. Remember? Harrison Barnes got a max deal out of Dallas. He played so well. Uh, in Golden State, so there's there's just the the rest of this roster just doesn't have any players of that category. I mean, they're I mean, gonna get Clay back and they're gonna be back to being good again, but they're gonna have to do a lot more than that. And I, you know, maybe Wiseman comes along, but he yeah. certainly wasn't great this year. Well, I think he he has a future, uh, and 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 she's right from a standpoint of this is a setup for what can come next. I just wonder about Clay. Um, 
a couple things I wonder about Clay is will he be himself again, as I mentioned earlier? And the second thing is, will he survive kayaking his way to uh, to the uh, Warriors practice? We facility? were we were talking about that. She she didn't she talked about this later in the interview. We didn't get it in that clip, but apparently he is. That's how he gets to the practice facility by kayaking. Can we give that? A we listen? haven't since we had that conversation, which I think was back in March. But he is around the team. You know, he has been traveling sometimes on shorter road trips with the team. He's been kayaking to practice from the East Bay over to San Francisco, which I think is about the most Clay Thompson thing I've ever heard. Does that sound like a good idea? It's probably good exercise. Kayaking across the San Francisco Bay? Well, if it's not a hurricane or anything, what's the deal? Well, aren't there currents and stuff in there? Probably. Didn't the Birdman from Alcatraz drown doing the same thing? I don't. Just keep it, uh, keep it close to the shoreline. You'll be all right. Well, yeah, but then you got to take the long way, right? Better than being lost at sea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Has know. anyone seen Clay? Didn't make it in today. <laughs> Cat and Thompson out there. I mean. Aren't there, like, sharks in San Francisco Bay swimming around? And Lousy with sharks. Lousy with them. Yeah, there's sharks every every time you go. Great to the, whites. Every time you go to the beach, though, somewhere, are you worried about the sharks? They're probably not that far from you. Mm. I, I go to I go to the Outer Banks every single year. We swim in the ocean all the time. There's sharks all over that, that uh, area. Yeah. I just okay. remember the, the, the Warriors, was it Monte Ellis, that had his uh, contract null and voided because he was caught on a moped and he got injured? <laughs> But they're fine with guys kayaking through the angry seas to save on parking in downtown San Francisco. Yeah, the bay can get rough. Well, I'm sure he doesn't do it on those days. He can't. He yeah, can't be late and blame it on traffic. What if a storm blows in? I mean, is he just gonna pull the kayak ashore? <laughs> well, you know, there's a little thing called the weather report, right? <laughs> and they're never wrong. Yeah, I mean, it can be unpredictable. I, I can tell you're not much of a, a seafarer, but, man, I've been out I there. I can tell you're not very much of one. You're <laughs> scared to death of it. Well, I've never been really much of a I, – I've, I've spent a little time in a kayak, but I'm not I'm not kayaking across uh, the bay. Maybe you should get a try. Maybe, maybe you're missing out. Well, you, you want me to be dragged out to sea? I don't think you would be. That's my point. Well, maybe you. <laughs> All right. I, I just thought uh, I'd never heard of a player kayaking across an angry bay to get to the practice facility. Well, now you have. There you go. Right. Stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now, this is an amazing song, which I do love, but I the cable guy kind of ruined it. Don't Why? you think? It is the big show, by the way. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Movie Zone, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. You don't like the cable guy? Love it. Oh. Amazing. It's one of my all-time favorite comedies. Maybe my favorite Jim Carrey isn't movie. That, isn't that dark? It is. A, it's a dark comedy, but he does karaoke to this song and does it in a very unique way. He nails it. But I think about it every time. I'm not saying like... I see. It's not that... Well, he didn't ruin it because you hated the performance. No, I just think of it every time I hear that song now. 
Do you think when uh, you know we've been thinking about maybe at some point getting all the, the station together, maybe for a barbecue or something when things clear up a little more? But uh, I've got a karaoke machine. Should uh, should we have a karaoke? Session? No. Uh. Uh-uh. My brother owns a karaoke business. We could head on down there. Yeah, but we, yeah, uh, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's all good. I just one upped you. Yeah, you did, but then you can't have a barbecue at home. Why, why would you want to have a barbecue at home when you can pay someone else to do it all for you? Does he do all that? I don't know. We, he's my brother. Yeah, I, <laughs> he does what I tell him. I mean, is he it, younger? Younger brother? Yeah, but smarter and more talented. And honestly, I do I need to hear Hans sing more? Because that's what it would be. It would be Hans standing at the karaoke machine and singing. Who would do better, you think, Hans or PK? Nobody else would get a turn. It would be Hans. <laughs> Austin, he sang the national anthem in the, the jazz game. He yeah, wouldn't... but I'm not going to forearm shiver Hans yeah, for the microphone. He's not going to get a turn. <laughs> he's not, Hans is not giving it up, huh? No. I, well, I, the, the interesting, there are two types of karaoke people. The, the ones that can't sing but like to act a fool and those that think that there's a talent scout in the audience. and they <laughs> This is true. That, that's it. There's two. There's, there's the one that gets up there and has a good time, and then there's the one that's like, well, I'm going to – quiet, please. Quiet. Yeah, but I'm telling you, doing it – doing a slaughtering a song might seem funny in the first 10 seconds, but after that it gets old quick. Uh, it depends on uh, who's doing the slaughtering. Mm. I've seen some really. I love it when you call me Big Papa. I've seen plenty of hilariously bad karaoke that was very entertaining all, no, from front all, to back. It's only good if they're really trying to be good and they're still bad. Now that's funny. Trying to be bad and being bad—that's not funny. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, oh yeah, it still is. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Anyway. We could do that if you wanted. No, there's somebody you trying to be good and being bad. That is sad. In fact, you should really feel bad about yourself for having that opinion. Somebody going up there and, and uh, playing it up, that's funny. Or picking no. a song that doesn't fit. No, no, that's not. No, no, it's only funny if someone's really, really trying. No, that's not funny. That's sad. There's a whole episode of The Office about this very moment. That's let me get this straight. You think that someone getting absolutely hammered in the beans is the funniest thing you've ever seen, but you you don't think it's funny when someone tries to sound good on karaoke but can't quite do it. Correct. You're going to untwist your mind. You're the one who's twisted your laughs and laughing at poor people who are out there <laughs> pouring out of their heart and soul and they don't meet your standards somehow, and you're laughing in their face. Are you any good? A karaoke? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I can get up and ham it up during a during a song. <laughs> so you're the guy who tries to be bad. Yeah. That's why you think it's funny. Exactly. <laughs> but I said it's not. It's funny for ten seconds, and after that, you just uh, go, oh, dude, come on. My my, I'll give my brother credit. My brother is the king of karaoke, and he is not a singer <laughs> in what a, a, in one bit. But I could let he will get up and do the Humpty Dance song, and I will laugh <laughs> the entire way through. By the way, shout out to uh, rest in peace, Shock G, who passed oh, yeah, a couple of it. weeks ago of the Digital Underground. Yeah, I saw that. 
So do you think Austin would be the guy who is trying to uh, you know, get signed by an agent? No. Well, he's got a good voice, though. So I don't see him getting up there and taking it too seriously. How can you not take it seriously if you're a good singer? Because you know what Jake was saying earlier. This isn't American Idol auditions. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I've got the microphone in one hand and a kielbasa sausage in the other. It's not. <laughs> I'm thinking of that Arrested Development episode where uh, maybe and Michael sing. Uh, what do they sing? Oh, Ebony I'm... and Ivory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most inappropriate uncle niece song to sing together ever. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. How did we get here? I don't know. Well, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Coming up next, Jazz Game Night pregame show. Tim Lacombe jumps in with me, and we'll get you ready for the Jazz and the Warriors. I got to tell you, Gordon, it's been fun being back, man. Fun yeah. stuff today. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Glad we're back and going at it, and uh, yeah, I like it. We didn't go at it too badly today. I mean, just going at it. I didn't mean go at it. It. I said we didn't get too salty with one another. We were well, in a pretty, go, we were in a pretty know, good mood. You got a little bit after me about my, uh, you know, my my adventures at sea. Uh, just a little though. Uh, Clay Thompson, you know, paddling his way to practice across <laughs> across San Francisco Bay, and you think that's okay? I think it's fine. You compared it to going to the beach in North Carolina and like going out to your waist and well, paddling around. It, it's the equivalent of me getting to work every day using like a gyrocopter. Just because I want to. Yeah, I, I mean, and on the injury report, what would it be? You know, uh, Clay Thompson lost at sea. Well, I, I the Warriors don't mind apparently. So. Shark bite. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, you're making San Francisco Bay seem like a National Geographic movie. <laughs> it is, man. It can, it can, it can be fierce. It can be sharky, huh? As I said, I've never paddled across. There's electric much. eels in the East Bay. How do you think the Jazz play today, tonight, whatever time it is? I don't know. I would expect them to play uh, play well. I mean, I don't expect them to lose to this team. However, they could lose to this team. It's not like playing Houston. No, this will be a better team than Houston. And and really, I mean, the Jazz have had their troubles at times, slowing down top guards. Uh, I think uh, Steph Curry qualifies. Yeah, I think they'll. Uh, I think they'll blitz him a lot. I mean, that's what I do against this Warriors team just because there's nobody else out there that scares me about making shots. But you know how NBA players are. You leave them wide open, they're going to hit shots. Yeah, but are, are you going to go down the road where you predict Steph to get 40 like you did uh, Trey Young? And, <laughs> and he got, got three. Four. Yeah, career low. <laughs> I'm predicting Steph Curry will score over 40 points tonight. <laughs> that was really something that you predicted that from Trey Young. Not only did he not have a good game, he had the worst game of his entire career. <laughs> Wasn't he like one of 11? It was, I mean, just like historically bad. Steph Curry goes for over 40. He may edge toward 50. I bet he'll have more than three. That's my bold statement. He'll, he'll have more than three. All right. And he's going to shoot rather efficiently. I don't know if he'll get to 50%, but he'll be in the neighborhood. All right, Gordon. Well, uh, you uh, have yourself a wonderful evening. I guarantee it. You sound like the men's warehouse guy. Well, I have had, you know, I do sound like him at times. I mean, Austin could prove that to yeah. you 
you know, because I, I did have I did impersonate him quite well at one point. You're now complimenting yourself. <laughs> well, I don't do that very well. The usually. guy that got fired from his own company. Is that the guy? We're <laughs> no, talking that's about? Papa John. No, this guy did, too. The men's he warehouse founded Men's did? Warehouse and they canned him. More sales. True story. Slumber. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee. That guy huh? got canned? Yep, fired. Huh? Pretty good, huh? Now he's uh, doing the Dos Equis commercials. <laughs> they look like the Men's same guy. Warehouse guy fired. Let's see here. Was he? <laughs> Can I hear that one more time? That really was good. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee. Wow. That's one of the best impersonations ever. This sounds on our like show. you need a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you've been replaced with a voice box. No. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it. <laughs> really? That's are, are you not finding it, Jake? I am finding it, but I, uh, this is horrible writing because I'm like halfway through the story and they still haven't said. All right. Well, anyway, who cares? <laughs> it's did. not fake good, news. Good ending to the show. All right, uh, Gordon, I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Jake, thanks. Jazz Game Night coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.